somewhere in the United States or possibly abroad, a collector clad in a smoking jacket and sipping an expensive liqueur sits in a vault deep in the bowels of his mansion and smiles. On a wall in front of him is the object of his satisfaction, the array of swords and daggers. Wow, what a picture that paints. That was an excerpt from a 1978 Kansas City Star article talking about one possible theory and a story that we're here to talk about today. I'm Haley Godburn, a digital producer here at 41 Action News, and I'm joined by our investigator, Kat Reed, who's been working on this mystery. Kat, this story gives me major national treasure vibes. Oh, it, it definitely has those. I was imagining Nicolas Cage as I was putting it together. Sadly, we, we couldn't get him to come and track the package, but we did get some help there from Bill Grady, who used to work at 98.1. He has a fabulous voice. He volunteered his time to kind of help us out with this story. Yeah, that's awesome. So I want to dive right in here and let's tell our listeners exactly what we're talking about. You mentioned to me that this was a heist of some kind. Yes, a heist. It's a great word. Uh, basically, in March 1978, uh, there was a break-in at the Truman Presidential Library and Museum. Uh, people got in through a front window near the entrance. They smashed the glass, and then they broke open a display case, and they stole all of these swords and daggers that were gifts to President Truman. And in 1978, they were valued at $1 million. So this was a major heist, and there has not been a trace of these items since then. Right. And I just want to mention, Kat, that I actually ran this through an inflation calculator just out of pure curiosity. Today, that collection would be worth more than $4 million. Wow. Huge. Yeah. Very expensive. But the thing that stands out to me is it's really not the monetary value that's most important to the museum. It's really the historical value. Um, And that's what I was told. The museum curator told me that it's really a tragedy because these were gifts to the United States and and national treasures that were taken. So I'll kind of explain the historical significance is that these were gifts from uh, heads of state in Iran and Saudi Arabia. Uh, These were heads of state who gave Truman these gifts. One of them, a dagger, was actually a personal gift from the king of Saudi Arabia himself because President Truman had loaned him his personal doctor, his personal physician for some health problems. And so he he got that gift in return. And as the museum curator explained, it really shows the, the diplomatic process at work. And these are things that heads of state continue to do today, uh, exchange gifts, and they, they were valuable because of that historical piece. So Kat, can you talk us through exactly how these thieves allegedly pulled this off? I mean, they did it in what, 45 seconds? It was 45 seconds. And to explain that, I want to start at the very beginning, just kind of paint a picture of everything that went down. So according to the police report, which we pulled uh, from Independence Police Department, 1978, the writing is fading quite a bit, but we could still make out most of the narrative. Um, At about 6.20 a.m., there was one security guard on duty. He was stationed on the north side of the building, and there was a maintenance man there with him. And at about 620, they they saw a woman pull up in a black Oldsmobile and she got out of the car. She walked around a bit. She got back in and drove off. 
uh, the theory is, is that woman may have been a lookout or a diversion to distract the guard because minutes later, he heard an alarm going off inside the museum. He immediately started running down a long, long corridor to get to the other side of the museum where the entrance is located. But when he got to the doors that would lead him to the lobby and these display cases, he heard a chain rattling and, and the doors had been locked by the thieves from the other side. So, so they had definitely prepared for this. And in fact, the FBI says they think that these people may have had, you know, an intimate knowledge of the museum's security procedures to pull this off. But they had broken through the front window and then they had smashed the display case. They took all of these swords and daggers out and then they ran back out through that front window and vanished without a trace. The, the clues are so limited. The only thing they found were some footprints in the mud and snow, um, no fingerprints, nothing else left behind. Yeah. It was kind of, kind of a late snow again that year, like we had this year. And, um, I think that may have played in their favor, you know, maybe some other physical evidence was lost because of that. Yeah, definitely interesting. And, and it was crazy because the day we planned to shoot the interviews, it snowed. Uh, here again. So it was kind of like fate that the day we shot this story, uh, started working on it, we had the snow again and uh, could, you know, show where maybe footprints could have been. So something I thought was interesting was there was another attempted break in a little more than a month before the successful heist. Um, and that happened on February 3rd, 1978. And this robbery that we're talking about happened on March 24th. Um, and so Authorities say someone tried to drill through a door lock on the door right next to the window that was actually broken, but a, a guard was able to scare the suspects off that time. Have you heard anything from anybody that maybe this was the same people? We have no idea. And, and that information about that uh, first attempted break-in came from the Kansas City Star at the time back in 1978. Uh, they have no idea if those were connected. That's been one of the theories that's been offered that maybe these were people casing the joint ahead of time who then returned. Uh, but we, we really don't know. And that's one of the things that's so interesting about this, that all these years later, we always say somebody knows something. No one has come forward in all this time. So let's get back to some theories in this case. We heard one earlier that there could be a collector out there just who stole them for his own enjoyment and is sitting there gazing at them in his mansion. Um, but what are some of the other maybe more popular or more likely theories? You know, we've heard everything from that collector in his mansion looking at things all the way down to maybe someone took them and melted the swords down to remove the precious stones from them. A and the curator said it could be either of those. Or it could be anything in between. But I think there is a hope that they were not melted down because that would be uh, just devastating to have permanently lost these treasures. But at this point, we don't know. They haven't turned up anywhere. Um, the curator, uh, Clay Bowski, said that there is a chance, you know, if they were given to a collector, if he took them um, and then tried to sell them, they would have turned up by now, but we've not seen any sightings like that. So really, as we mentioned in the story, uh, a case as cold as the snow that fell that day, uh, no new information. But there's hope now with the FBI offering this reward, taking a closer look, that maybe enough time has passed for someone to feel comfortable to come forward. Yeah, and you mentioned the FBI there. It's the FBI art crime team that's working on this, right? Can you tell us a little bit more about them? 
Yeah, this is a really fascinating group. It is a team of 20 special agents across the country who are deployed to investigate high-profile art thefts or, or historical thefts, and they were created in 2004. Since then, they've recovered over 20,000 pieces of stolen art valued at more than $900 million, and they've also uh, had you know more than 100 individuals convicted. So very busy team. They have a lot going on. And actually, another interesting tidbit is that they are looking into another Missouri uh, burglary. Also, um, in Springfield, Missouri, uh, in 2016, uh, seven Andy Warhol paintings were stolen from the museum. And so they're investigating that one as well. I guess Missouri, who knew? It's a state with some art and historical mysteries in it. Yeah. um, You know, I was born and raised here, and I wouldn't have guessed that. So Um, Pretty interesting stuff. Kat, is there anything else you think our listeners should know about this story? You know, I I think it's interesting. It's a good opportunity for people to kind of relearn the history and and read a little bit about um, some of these historical figures who gave these items to President Truman. And I think it's also uh, a good way people can really get involved in this story, you know, kind of help us solve this case. The museum's getting ready to reopen. Maybe we could have these things back there in a more secure display case uh, for the reopening. Uh, You know, there's someone has to know something, uh, especially all these years later, we would just, it'd be great to see the return. It would be. Kat, thanks so much for joining us today and talking about this kind of honestly mind-boggling story, like 45 seconds. I just, I I still can't comprehend that. So we have so much more information about this up on our website at kshb.com. And that includes an interactive graphic where you can see um, kind of a diagram of the museum and where these um, different events in the heist took place with crime scene photos and everything. So kshb.com for that. Kat, thanks again. Thanks, Haley. Thanks, Haley.